welcome to your one and only stop for all things Mega League related. This is Speed's Megapod Season 5. Everything Mega League related. Today is Monday, August 23rd. And you are listening to Speedtastics Megapod. Today I am joined by the man who is known as the littlest Shep, but rumored to have the biggest dick in the Shep family. Little Shep Tanner T Shep 71. Thanks for coming on, buddy. What's going on, Mega League? What's happening, Speed? Oh, hey there. Oh, suh, dude. Dude, suh. Um, I appreciate you. It's been a while. You've been trying to get on. I think our just calendars haven't really uh, met, met each other in the right spot. So I appreciate you being patient and helping out with the doc, all that good stuff. So we are uh, ready to do a podcast finally. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. All right. Well, let's jump right into the quick question of the day. This major league pitcher currently leads the league in quality starts. He has four more quality starts as of today than the next highest quality start player. Which pitcher has the most quality starts in Major League Baseball? Oh man, this was a good good one. Um I'm gonna go with girl Zach Granke. Zach Granke, the goat himself. Um, we yeah. will come back. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Oh, uh, yeah, I was. Any other guesses? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was. Yeah, I was. I was. I was going to say Granky because that's the only guy I can think of has been healthy and probably you know that's uh, that's suffered through you know coming off of uh, you know the substance abuse that they said the pitchers are using. Um, he hasn't really changed his game much, so that's what I'm sticking with. He is a quality start monster, and that's part of the reason we love him. We also love him because he's just a weird fucking dude, and he's fun. Oh, yeah. All right, perfect. Well, we have a double article of the week this week. We have the standings update, news and notes from around the league, as always. Matchup reviews for about two weeks. We have some playoff race race conversation, playoff race conversation, unique New York. We also have some football conversation and the team name challenge conclusion for this year, along with a Mega League hotline. So let's jump right into this bad boy. (laughs) 
article of article the week. of the week. The first one, just a really, really quick one from Boston.com. Cam Newton to miss Patriots practices due to COVID protocols. Um, weird story here, just in the fact that apparently Cam Newton was tested and kept testing every day. He was away from the Patriots facility. All of those tests came up negative. But since he saw a doctor outside of the facility, the Patriots facility, he has to miss five days of practice and isolate himself. It's kind of kind of dumb, even though every day he was gone, he tested and tested negative and is still testing negative. Um, I imagine I brought this up because uh, I think we're probably going to see a few fuck-ups during football season this year where your player is out because they're not testing positive and no one around them is testing positive, but because the NFL COVID's policy is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to face that. I mean, hell, we, we've struggled with baseball too, but uh, all I'm thinking is this is Mac Jones time. It is. Where he's going to be getting a lot more reps. and That is you know, a part of the article. Means, yeah, Cam Newton's gonna be on the way out, but also Chip Knowles, you know, even though they might be stupid, but you know they're there. We all gotta follow them, especially at work. Um, so that is a quick little keep your eye out on COVID protocols in the NFL. The article I really want to jump into here is from LeagueOfJustice.com. The headlines, it's a little weird of a headline. It says, fentanyl that killed Tyler Skaggs delivered to Angel Stadium on the day he died, government claims. Are angels responsible for pitcher's death? Okay, so this is going back to the Tyler Skaggs thing from a few years ago. Um, But long story short, there is a trial going on um, about are the angels in trouble, or should they be held liable for Tyler Skaggs' death? Now, we all know the backstory. They were supposedly counterfeit oxycodone pills, um, whatever, whatever. So we all know Tyler Skaggs passed away. We've covered this story before in the past. Um, truly, truly tragic and unfortunate. The, the biggest part of the story that comes out now is the evidence that traces, and this is from the article, the procurement of fentanyl-laced pills to Angel Stadium is just one piece of a larger case against Kay, who was the trainer, and the federal authorities. Court documents place a tremendous emphasis on Kay's relationship with the team and use of workplace facilities to operate his alleged drug distribution network. Several text exchanges with the alleged drug dealers indicate Kay had the drugs delivered to Angel Stadium on more than one occasion, according to prosecutors. In one such exchange, Kay allegedly offers to leave tickets to an Angels game for a dealer if he will bring drugs to the stadium, saying, quote, I just can't leave work tonight, end quote. Speaking with another dealer, Kay says, you have a son? Could hook him up with a signed trout ball for trade if you want. The dealer replies, nah, do- we Dodger fans, my boy, LOL. So he's out here trying to give people tickets and sign memorabilia for drugs at the stadium. Um, you might dumb some bitch passed up a mic trap off. <laughs> <laughs> the court's documents claims that Kay would use his work and time and his work location when he was in proximity to the players to c- obtain controlled substances. He would communicate with individuals during the workday and even ask, ask them to deliver oxycodone pills to Angel Stadium. 
The government says Kay planned and intended to obtain the pills while at Angel Stadium, citing in part of its modus operandi or pattern of criminal behavior, for those of you that don't speak Latin. Um, Alright, anyways, continuing on. Who knew what? Kay reportedly told the Drug Enforcement Agency that at least two executives in the Angels organization knew he was dealing with illicit drugs to Angels players. Attorney Rusty Harden, who represents Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson, odd crossover, in a separate string of civil lawsuits, is representing the Skaggs family in a wrongful death suit against the Angels. Harden claims that the Angels promoted, quote, a drug addict addict to executive position with, quote, unlimited access to the Angels players. In 2019, Kay's own family members reportedly informed Kay's boss that Kay was providing drugs to players within the organization and begged him to intervene, but Tim Mead, the executive, refused to take action. Uh, So it seems like the Angels knew this was going on. The Angels let this go on. Because this man worked there from twenty from nineteen ninety six to twenty nineteen, a twenty four year period. You know, you know what's going on in my mind is, you know, it, it's tragic when Tyler's gags, but also you got to look at Jose Fernandez. You know, that was supposed to be drugs were supposed to be involved in that boating accident too. I wonder if MLB needs to start cracking down on drugs. You know, wonder if you know. I mean, and also like Daryl Strawberry. You know, I watched the thirty thirty on him and Dwight Gooden. I mean, they were taking, you know, cocaine and all that in the damn locker room. So I don't know. Maybe MLB needs to start break up, busting down on this more. It's no coincidence that the Angels allowed Kay to be in the clubhouse, says the Skaggs family lawsuit inferring that Kay's alleged purchase of painkillers for the players was incidental to his employment. They called the Angels Clubhouse, quote, a toxic environment that pressured players to play through the pain. Players who missed games due to injuries were called pussies and ridiculed. Tyler quickly realized that he was expected to pitch even when he was hurt, says the civil complaint. He played through pain and discomfort in 2017 and 2018 after his Tommy John in 2015, and the Angels were aware of the rigors of a 162-game schedule and were aware of the players at risk of turning to medication to assist in their pain management. The Skag suit accuses the Angels of creating a perfect storm by employing an alleged drug addict and distributor. So, a few different... There's the government, uh, there's a government case. There is the Skaggs case. There's the Angels' own investigation of themselves. All things to keep... An eye on this story seems to get crazier and crazier as it goes on. Just to keep it away from Otani and Mike Trout. Yeah, I wonder what the locker room's like oh, now. God. I mean, those folks were there when this was happening. Um, the tail end of it. I wonder. Yeah. I don't know. It's got to be different now, I guess. Um, I wonder if anyone's ever tried to push fentanyl or oxycotton onto Mike Trout. He's been injured the past few years, yeah. so I wonder, you know, was there a conversation there? Um, is Mike Trout pretty persistent in his ways and didn't do it? And, and Or is Mike Trout, you know, 
also doing a little bit of a little bit of opioids here and there. I don't know. It's it's a crazy story either way, and and a yeah, tragic be, story. It's yeah. It's gonna be interesting what what, what comes out of. It. Hopefully, MLB does something to help keep their players say well, keep their players from not being addicts. Yeah, I totally agree. News and notes from around the league. Standings update for Mega League. We got one uh, still on top, Jake. 16.5. Uh, then we got Kenny, new guy, 14.3. T-Ship, 12.15. Tempo, 12.15. Kate is, at fifth, is in fifth place with 11.0. Speeds at sixth place with 11.0. Your awesome little ship is at 9.9 in seventh place. Jeb, 6.6 in eighth place. Nick, 6.6 ninth place. Then you got Bakeman in the rear with 4.4 in tenth place. Pretty standard stuff compared to what we've seen in the past, so not really... Too much crazy stuff going on here. Jake's still in first. Yeah. Kenny's still on his heels. A bunch of folks in the middle. And uh, Jeb maybe separating himself from Vire? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, whenever football starts, that's when the standings start getting interested when someone might lose in baseball one week but also get to win in football or vice versa. And that's when the standings really juggle out. I totally agree with that. Um, let's see. What other stuff do we have going on here? Uh, you got most of the news and notes. So, you know what? Football keepers are in, which is good news. First time doing fan tracks, football keepers. Um, was a little confusing at first, but I think we got the hang of it. We, we still sent them all in, it seemed like. Even some folks were past the deadline, but not that big of a deal. Oh, yeah. I like uh I mean, I like you know, you can go on the waiver now and see all the available people. Helps out draft prep a lot more. Uh, now we just gotta wait to see how drafting and fan tracks goes. Uh, hopefully, it'll be be pretty smooth. You can go in there and look at it. The draft is September fifth. The draft lobby is live right now, but it's not doing anything. So you can go in there and mess around with it and get comfortable with it. Um, if you are on the browser version, let me do a quick little look at the mobile version and see if that is there um you can give me a little bit of a rundown of some other sports news while i look that up baseball Puna and trout still hurt but good i guess braves are number one in the east fuck everyone else including you timbo fuck cardinals football preseason began few weeks ago. Now we're just trying to make it through it and pray that our keepers don't get hurt. And uh, bringing up the rear, basketball, who gives a shit about basketball right now? Um, pretty much. I mean, you're not wrong. ESPN does because for some reason they make tons oh, yeah. of cash off of it. Yeah, like uh, Jeremy Lamb may, may go to the Lakers. Like I get them notification. Basically, like anything with the Lakers, I get a notification about I don't know how, how I signed up for it, but it pops up. 
Yeah, it does pop up. It's honestly annoying as shit. Um, but yeah, football preseason, don't get hurt. I don't think anyone's really watching the games. There's not many starters playing. And uh, baseball, Timbo's bet's not looking great. Braves, nine wins in a row, all on the road. Playing the Yankees tonight, who also have a nine-win streak coming into tonight's game. It's the first time in Major League history two teams with nine-win streaks are playing each other. And yes, Otani is the best player in Major League Baseball. This week's matchups. Matchup reviews from two weeks ago. We have Little Shep versus Spee. Little Shep, I beat the shit out you, bro. What happened? Man. I don't know. No, I can't explain it. Well, I it can explain it. I was the TPF team of the week, so I'll give myself that fucking dope-ass track right here. Fitness presents this week's Racket and Attack It of the Week. Oh, yeah. For the record, that was 495 to 567. Cade versus Nick. Nick came on top, beating Cade. One of Nick's few victories this year. And uh, it looks like we both called Nick on the dub for this one. That slick daddy energy really came through for him. Uh, 409 to 531. This is where you do the next one, little Shep. Oh, gotcha. Then we got T Shep, four fifty nine versus Timbo, five hundred forty nine. got the win. Looks like you and K were both right on this prediction. Uh, you guys both picked Timbo. Uh, Jake versus New Guy. Uh, very close matchup here. Jake winning by uh, 19 points, 493 to 474. I took the commission. Cade took his new best friend, Ken Dog, and came out with that L. Uh, sorry about that, uh, Cade and Ken Dog. Sorry for the nickname. That's a close matchup, especially with one and two in the standards. And uh, the next matchup, we got Beekman, 344 versus. Jeb, 427, and y'all both picked Jeb, and y'all are both correct. Jeb ended up coming on top. And we also had a weird Chris Sale prediction. Uh, I think I was right on the innings. I think Cade was right on the strikeouts. I think I was right on the win and the earned runs, Uh, but Cade was right on the walks. I think something weird like that. It was like 50-50. We split it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what that's what the number one team needs in baseball is uh, Chris Sutter to come back dominant. Uh, I mean, I just hope his arm snaps in half because I hate Chris Sale. But hey, I mean, to each their own. You know, you got to pull for who you got to pull for. Just start ripping jerseys. <laughs> yeah, make sure you give them uncomfortable jerseys. Uh, last week's matchups, we had Little Shep versus Nick. Little Shep, you were the TPF team last week, so after getting your ass whooped the week before, you, your players actually decided to play. 595 to Nick's 549, so I'm going to give you that track right now. Caleb on Fitness presents this week's Racket and Attack It of the Week. Oh, yeah. Pretty good 
week for Nick, all things considered, too, though. I mean, he would have beat, let's see, one, two, three, uh, four, five, six teams out of uh, nine teams possible for him to beat. Pretty good week yeah, for him. I, He's coming on strong. I ended up texting Nick Saturday to ask him, why does it always have to be a battle between us? It seems like either baseball championship or, I don't know, I don't, I'm not saying we're rivals. I don't want to be rivals with Slick Dick Nick, but it, it comes down to a battle between us every time. Slick Daddy Nick. Slick Daddy Nick. Slick. I forgot. He's, he's a daddy now. Yeah, Slick Daddy. That pull-out game's not as strong as it used to be. Mm-mm. Uh, next matchup, Lil Shep. You got it. All right. Jake scored 580 versus T-Shep, 417. Jake took the W with that. Uh, came out pretty dominant. Yeah, not a great week for T-Shep. Um, I imagine he didn't have many two-starters. Uh, Timbo versus Beekman. Beekman lost... What else do you need to know? Let's see. Then Kenny, new guy, 573, ended up beating Cadence with 453 points. Um, new guy's holding up strong so far. Uh, I mean, he's, he's holding his own right now. I mean, could we, you know, could he thank Ben? Maybe. Yeah. He's, he's, he's setting his lineup still. I will give him credit. In his lineup, he's not fucking up. He's not fucking it up. Um, and Cadence back-to-back losses. Lost to Jeb the week before. Lost to new guy this week. Oh, how the mighty baseball teams have fallen. I imagine Cade would say that he has spaced out his baseball dominance into other sports. But he, he used to be that one of those teams up at the top that you were always looking to beat. So interesting to see him take back-to-back L's. And speaking of taking embarrassing L's, we don't want to talk about. I lost to Jeb, five eighteen to four thirty-nine. Um, I had zero two starts, and uh, team just didn't do well. Just didn't do great, except for Shohei Otani. Otani did great. He pitched eight innings and he hit a home run in, in the same game. That's pretty damn special. TPF teams of the week standings. First place still Benji slash new guy with seven. I moved into second with three. Jake with three. Cade with two. Timbo two. Little Shep on the board finally with one, putting him in sixth place. And your brother T Shep also with one in seventh place. So now we only have three folks that aren't on here. Looking at you guys. You can do it. I believe in you. I don't. You don't think Stay down there. You don't think any of them will no. make it on the TPF team of the week? Do I think they will? Yes. Do I want them to? No. Do you think it is uh, parallel with the teams that end up in the top of the standings according to the TPF team of the week rankings? You know that's that's something that's I mean, especially at the end of the year, they look at the overall mega league standings. But also, I think it. I think you can, you can uh, use the results as how hot a, a team is, especially going into the playoffs. Like if you get TPF going into the playoffs, you might have a pretty good strong run. But if you had TPF at the beginning of the season and uh, injuries happen and all that, it, it could change. So what I hear is a maybe. 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 A strong maybe. A, a hard maybe. maybe. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into some matchup previews. And his name is John Cena. 
next matchup, first matchup we got is Cadence versus T-Shep. This one is predicted to be 487 to 494, a difference of seven points in favor of T-Shep. Currently, this matchup is 26 to 27, so still pretty close. Um, as far as pitchers going today, it looks like Kyle Hendricks and Oscar Hinoa. Um, so those are potential two-start pitchers for T-Shep. Little Shep, what do you say about this here matchup? Looks like 12 to 8 pitchers in favor of Cadence. I'm looking at their lineup right now. And I don't know if they just haven't set their lineup for the rest of the week or they both have low amount of start. But I'm feeling cadence this week. I if if that if that number is correct, I will also take cadence in this here matchup. I'm trying to move things around so I can write. There we go. Cade. Uh, and Cade. But if Cade ends up with fucking, like, seven pitchers the rest of the week and T-Shep somehow ends mm-hmm. up with 12, could go the other way. Yep. Give, give me the next matchup. All right. Nia yeah. projected at 466 points versus Slick Daddy Nick at 446 points. The 20 points difference. Oh, man, you get a new guy that's coming in red hot. Mm, and then, But Nick, I just got done with the battle with Nick last week. You know what? I want to go with Slick Daddy, Slick Daddy Nick on this one. Wow. I'm. You know what? I'm going to pause it and give you the upset of the week music because that is a bold choice. Spee's upset of the week. Because I am taking new guy, um, although currently there's not really much going on in this matchup as we speak. Oh no, it was two to one. Uh, it looks like Carlos Correa struck out, so now it's one to nothing. Um, really exciting stuff. Looks like neither of them have any pitchers going today. So this one could be a low-scoring affair uh, that someone ends up getting that dub in. Jake versus Beekman. Uh, predicted to go to Beekman, 459-424. to What is going on in this matchup right now? Jake is up 27. It is 37-10. As far as pitchers, uh, Avaldi is probably a two-start for him. And Senzaleta for Colorado is pitching for... Uh, Beekman, um, benches, looks like not much going on there either. Uh, Little Shep, what say you? Oh, I'm going to have to go with Kamish on this one, but I think Beekman's going to have a strong running. The problem with Beekman's team is he's got so many injuries, um, but it's also one of those types of deals where they're supposed to be coming back. You know, it's like... He's like six guys is supposed to be returning next week. And so his team's trying to get back healthy. So, but I think, he, I think he'll give Commission a strong run, but I think Commission is going to come out on top. What's going on with Beekman's team? He's got Wilson Contreras, who's on the 10 day IL with a knee, who could return 
in four days. He's got Tim Anderson, who's day-to-day with a leg injury. He's got Ross Stripling, who's on the IL. He comes back September 3rd. He's got Urias that comes back the 24th, which is tomorrow, so he might get him back. He's got the cheerleader, Drew Pomeranz, a forearm injury from the 60-day DL from two, three days ago. Um, He's eligible to return on Tuesday, February 1st. He's got Kevin Biggio, who's actually on Beekman's IL with a back injury. It's fucking butt! He's got DeGrom, who's on the 60-day IL with an uh, elbow injury. He's got Eflin with a kneecap injury on the 10-day IL. He's got Ross Stripling on the 10-day IL. He's got Luke Weaver on the 10-day IL. Okay, all of these people are hurt. I get that. I get that. He's only got one of them on his IL. He's got two open IL spots. What are you doing, step bro? No, he doesn't. All thir- no, uh, yeah, big low, I, I, or he, he's got the Grom, I, or then Luke Weaver in the hour. In the matchup, it didn't have him. He might, it might be different view. Yeah. He might have him. Yeah, it's it's because uh, the Mets, like, the Mets and uh, the Dodgers or the Blue Jays ain't playing today. Oh, I didn't even mention Ramon Laureano suspended eighty games. Um, he's in his lineup. He was suspended 80 games on August 6th. So he won't yeah, play again until roughly a month into the 22 season. Yeah, I know. Bateman was asking me what he would do or what I would do. Probably find any was, outfielder. Uh, the problem with this situation is is you got three moves. You got three moves and you got some of you guys supposed to come back. So that was his problem is trying to use his moves wisely. And, you know, what do you do? I mean, they drop and Jacob DeGrom, you know, then you got Contreras. No, 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 no. I'm fine with the the DeGrom in the IL. I think that's the right thing to do. Like when when Acuna went down, I put him in the IL. Like someone you're going to keep who's out the rest of the season, you put him in the IL, right? That's probably the best you can do. But I'm looking at like, what think, what is he, he, what's he going to do with Ramon Laureano? He he got he's suspended for 80 games. He won't play until a month into 2022. He averaged four points a game, fa- fantasy points. He's not keeping Ramon Laureano. Yeah, I agree. He needs to drop him, and that's one of those things. Is I think he's trying to balance out who 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 is he trying to keep. And who he needs to drop, or that's what he needs to figure out is who who's he going to keep and who he needs to drop, especially with this team that's filled with injuries. I mean, what? Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine guys are hurt. You know, and uh, granted, when we count, three, four of us come back this week or next week. He needs to let's see how many moves does he got? He's got two he's got left. One. He's got two left this week. No, he, he's, he's got, got one left one. this week. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think I think he actually dropped two injured players. But oh. let's see. The huge drop. I mean, you, this is the thing. You have to play strategically, right? 
You don't mm-hmm. get a new catcher on a week you're competitive. But last week he lost by 80 points. He tried to win it out. The week before that, he lost to Jeb, right? He lost to Jeb by 80 points, and he scored 344 points. So, so I look at the. So it looks the, like uh, it looks like even if he did use his moves, he might not have used them in the best way, which we're all in trouble for at some point. We've all done stupid shit like that. Uh oh. Hold on, the dogs are here. Uh oh, this is getting wild. Hold on, we'll be right back. Radio, radio broadcast pause. And Beekman can suck my dick. Anyways, before I was so rudely interrupted by these hounds, um, <laughs> he needs to make a move. But we've all been there. What was I gonna say? I was gonna say we've all been bitten by the. Should I compete this week? We got two more days. It could be close. I got more starts. Somebody blows up. Somebody gets moved. Honestly, that's one of the hardest things to do in this league is decide whether you should play that week, whether it would be better for your overall standings to try to get a W, or whether it would be better for your future you to try to make a move. I didn't bring this stuff up to hate on Beekman. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, like I didn't even look no, at that think, stuff until you mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. No, I think he's, he's got a competitive team. Like, what, what was his last school last week? We just talked about it. Uh, let's see. Beatman last week put four hundred seventeen. That same thing as Tisha. And that's with injuries. And I'm sure Tyler's got injuries too that we're just not looking at. But when he's playing commission this week, let's be honest, he doesn't have a good chance. But I seen the moves that he made while you were on break and he dropped Pablo Lopez. And he picked up another pitcher, and then he dropped Rich Hill for a two-star pitcher. My recommendation is that one last move to get rid of uh, Loriano. He's done for this year. Yeah. You know, and he's not going to be a keeper. That's that one move, if he doesn't use it until he listens to his puck, that would be the move I'll make. That's just my recommendation. I'm sure that's your recommendation, too. Yeah, I'm with it. Um, I don't know if I said who I predicted. I know you predicted uh, Beekman or uh, Jake to get the dub, the commission. I'm going to go with Beekman, um, but I, I assume Jake's going to get this win. Although for Mega League Chaos, I would love to see uh, Jake take that L from Beekman. Beekman rise up through the standings a little bit and give Jake a, uh, a, an L so other people can catch up to him. Uh, for me, who does a podcast... Um, you know, here and there, not weekly, even though we are a weekly podcast, um, that would be the most entertaining thing for, for my side of things. Oh yeah. I mean, it's more content. I mean, come on. All about the content, baby. Um, all right. Where are we at now? Next matchup is Little Shep versus Jeb. This one, Little Shep, you are predicted to win 505 to 469. That's nice, Jeb. That's real. Nice. Real nice, Jeb. Real nice, Nice. Um, current score is forty-seven to one. Um, I won't take myself here, but also I'm keeping back in my mind that one of my losses was against Jeb, and I lost to him by six points. And guess what? I, I I'm still I'm still a little bitter about that because I had Dallas Keuchel had a start move up, 
is Carlos Rodon got sick. And then yeah, the next yeah. day, Carlos Rodon pitched a no hitter. Yeah. That's, uh... so, so I'm still a little bitter by that, Jim. Just a little bit bitter. Um, I'm going to take you as well. I, look, there's there's that one person in the league that you're always like, man, I don't know how they have my number, but they always, every sport, squeak out one or two wins that I just feel like, what happened that week? And I feel like yeah. Jeb's that guy. I feel like yeah. Jeb squeaks out wins against me year-round almost, and I don't know what's going on with it. I feel like he'll catch me in baseball, he'll catch me in basketball. Football, I mean, it's a random sport, so no one really cares. But do you have that person in the league that you think squeaks out? Yeah, I mean, the thing about Jim, we know he's a football guy. We know that's what he loves. He loves football. But he flies under the radar with basketball and baseball. And if you catch him on that good week, he'll – I mean, if you're not paying attention, he'll make you pay for it. I think so. Uh, give me the matchup to watch for this week. Matchup to watch, and this is a big matchup that, and I got to pick it. Is Speed versus Timbo? Speed, they got you at five thirty-six. Timbo is at five ninety-two. This is a big matchup. This one reason why I picked it is because. The playoff race, we'll talk to we'll talk about it here 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 in a little bit. But this has a big end up. this is this is a big big matchup for the baseball playoff race. And I'm gonna go with well, let me look up your starts. It's ten to, ten to twelve in my favor. Ten to twelve in your favor. Uh, and then technically, I'll catch Otani, too. I'll get a, I'll get an Otani in there. So thirteen to ten. You know what? Uh, I gotta, I gotta go. With, I'm gonna go with Tim on this one. Oh, that's hurtful, little Shep. After, I'm not, I'm not. I'm sorry. After all these weeks, long. when I said I'll get you on the podcast. You you <laughs> pick against me. That's fine. I'll take myself. Um, I think the standings show that Timbo is in front of me, right? Yeah. Yeah. But Timbo's in third. Was, Timbo's in third place. I think. I think. I think it's gonna be much closer. I don't. I don't think the predictions got right. I think this will be much closer. If I know you, and if I know Timbo, I. I think all the moves are going to be made, and it's going to be a close matchup. And you, you guys both know what's on the line. Um, quick run-through of this week's matchups. We have Cadence versus T-Shep. We both took Cade. New Guy versus Slick Daddy Nick. I took New Guy. You took the Slick Daddy. Jake versus Beekman. I took Beekman, but probably going to be the Kamish, and you took the Kamish. Little Shep versus Jeb. We both took you, Little Shep. And after I took you, you chose against me <laughs> in the Spee versus Timbo matchup. But I took myself. So we'll come back here in a week. Content. Content. We'll come back here in a week and we'll see who's got that uh, prediction right. Uh, We're going to do a big segment here about some baseball playoff race and some football uh, conversation. And this will be sort of the meat and potatoes of the podcast. We have the team name challenge, the hotline, and the more you know before we get out of here. So I'm going to let Little Shep lead it off here after this introduction.
Boys getting lit. We broke out the shine. Last night I got drunk, banged by a dime. Uh, so we got an interesting playoff race going for ba- for baseball. I know football is picking to pick up, but baseball is still here. So here's what I got now. Uh, teams that are locked in to the playoffs. Jake, of course. Well, we only got three matches left. It'll be really hard, Jake. Actually, I think it's mathematically impossible for Jake not to be in the playoffs. Teams that have a good lead in the playoffs, to be in the playoffs is Kenny, new guy. Jake's, Here's got, where Jake's, gets, Jake's got 15 wins. Kenny has 13 wins. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see, matchup wise. Oh, let me let me pull up the standings. Uh, now that I got standings up, the teams that are in at the moment: USB, Timbo, Cadence, T Ship. Uh, teams that are outside looking in: myself. So of course I want to talk talk about it on the pod. Um, right now, Timbo and my brother, sorry, these team names are throwing me off. Yeah, they're tough. Uh, Timbo and yes, your brother have eleven yep. wins, and Cade yep. and Maybe. I have ten wins. Yeah, and then I'm sitting back at nine and ten. So, and every matchup is going to be important. I mean, every matchup is important in Mega, no matter what. But these is what I picked up to be the most important matchups. I mean, granted. Everyone's got to win to get in. That's fact. Well, besides Jake, Jake can lose. Yeah, three, three through seven is where the fun is. Uh, mm-hmm. New guy pretty much has a buy unless he loses these next three weeks and someone, your brother or uh, Timbo, go on a three-game winning streak. That's the only way viable for the for Kenny to lose a buy in the first round. Yeah. So. But here's are the matchups that I, I say, you know, that I looked at. If I miss one, feel free to bring it up uh, in, the, in the group chat. Let's talk about it. Because to be honest with you, I, I like this time of year. Football is coming up. But also, baseball playoffs are starting to get in. And we're going to see who's really in it. You know, who stays focused on baseball. And that's what I like. So, matchup I got. Is this week's matchup of the week is you is Speed Timbo, and then also this week is a very important matchup with T Ship and K. Uh, so, and the last week of the season is me and Timbo. That's if I win. You know, I because I've got I've got to win, no matter what. If I lose, I'm out. If I, if I lose, I'm gone. And the next, the next big matchup, the last big matchup I got down is P versus Cade last week of the season. Those, so to me, this is like a, to me when I'm looking at these matchups, it's like looking at a division rival going for a pennant race. You know, if you win one, you know that's like a double win. If you lose, you're, you're sending yourself back. I and mean, that's why I look at it. 
what about folks that are out? What about, you know, I said you, you, you said you could find your way in. You currently have nine wins. The sixth place team and the seventh and the fifth place team, me and Cade, both have ten wins. So you could definitely find yourself in playoffs. What about the Knicks, the Jebs, and the Beekmans of the world? Are they, you think uh, they should keep playing? I mean, they're pretty, they're out for sure. But yeah, they're mathematically out. When do you start playing for a pick, a high pick next year, as opposed to playing for the mega league points? If you're any of these teams who are at the bottom of the standings and clearly at the bottom of the overall standings, because we've only played one sport. So, as a guy that for basketball to get that number one sport, I would assume that they would. Just because you need all the wins you can for mega league points, because you never know what will happen in football or basketball. No one wants to get the big man right now. I mean, so I mean, you, I mean, and like first round baseball is a little different. I mean, first overall pick in baseball is different than first overall pick in football and basketball. To me, me and my eyes. I mean, don't get me wrong, like. I mean, is it nice to have the first overall pick? Maybe. But let's, let's see. The first overall pick in this year's draft was Ryu. Right? It went Ryu, Morte, then Grinky. I mean, could you go wrong with any of them three? No. Those are all three solid choices. You know, I mean, so, I mean, Tank and, and baseball – I mean, yeah, you could. you could do that if you're on the T-shirt 2024 20, plan. But I don't know. I, I mean, I don't. I don't recommend baseball. I think basketball. If you're if you have a comfortable league in mega, tank. But I mean, if you have a comfortable league in basketball, I mean, in mega in your basketball season, and can afford to lose, you're not going to win basketball. That's what I look. And before we move on to football conversation, preseason football conversation, um, give me your uh, Jake gets a bye. Who gets the next bye? And who's the last team or the first team out? And first team in, last team out. Man, that's that's tough. That's a hard one. Um, I think we. I think each team has your excuse hill. Like for me, it's Mike Trout. Mike Trout's been out the whole year. Kill me. I mean, I've been entertained. And I also, I saw, I saw Zach Grinky and uh, DJ Martinez. So, do I deserve to be in? I don't know, but I'm going to try. I want to make sure I'm going to set myself up. With. The only thing that determines if you should be in is just how many wins you have. There's no, there's no empirical yeah. test to do. You, does this team deserve to be in? If you're in, you're in. You got yeah. the wins, and there is no like, man, this team, dude, this team on paper, you don't deserve to be in. Yeah. So I, I think it really just depends on who stays healthy. Um, who stays healthy? Who? Who gets some two stars? Who's paying attention to the waiver wire? Who's you know who's adding? Who's dropping? 
you know, because honestly, I don't think no team is really set if you're looking at third and two seven. I mean, granted, I might lose this week and I might be out of it. But, but like I said, you just got to win to be in. You want a fun little stat here before we go? The top three teams mm-hmm. are the top three teams in fantasy points for. Uh, new guy is one, Timbo is two, and Jake is three. Those are the top three teams in a different order. In fantasy points against the the team that's had the most points scored against them is you, followed by Mr. Mayor and then Beekman. Uh, sorry, sorry, I lost, I lost right there. Could you repeat that? The top team in points scored against is you, and then Mr. Mayor and Beekman, so teams 7, 8, and 10. The ninth place team, Jeb, in points against is actually uh, the second lowest points against. Um, and the lowest team in points against is the first place team, uh, Jake. You serious? If you're just keeping an eye on um, teams going into the playoffs. Uh, maybe Jake's gotten a little lucky. Maybe you've gotten a little unlucky. Um, but, again, it's tough to say teams have gotten lucky or unlucky if you're still a top-scoring team. Um, so, pretty interesting point there. Um, as far as I just found it was interesting that Jeb was the lowest team in points scored and the second to lowest teams in points against. Um, pretty interesting. Everyone yeah, else know. is kind of in the middle. Yeah, you don't really like see that. That's I think that's probably the first time that I've I've seen them stats. You know, what I mean, it's kind of a weird year for Jeff. It's weird to see the top yeah. team be the lowest team in points against, and then the ninth place team be the second lowest in points against. That's like a really big discrepancy. So it's always weird to see stuff like that. Now, I tell you, what, what's going to be crazy if one of those teams like. Mr. Mayor, like I said, he, if he's looking for fantasy points, regular league points, he's going to want everyone he can get. So, I mean, he might be spoiling some, some teams up. Yeah, as far as, fa- as, far as fantasy points for, um, out of those teams in the bottom, you know, the ones we talked about, Mr. Mayor has scored more points than Beekman and Jeb have. He hasn't scored as many points as you have, um, but... Yeah, he looks to be, you know, as far as teams we know that are going to be in the consolation bracket or the pick bracket, uh, Mr. Mayor looks to be setting himself up pretty good for, for Mega League points here and there. But in my opinion, this has been one of the weirdest baseball seasons. I mean, you got to look at the Braves. The Braves went on a losing streak. You know, I thought they were going to be sellers. They might have been sellers at the, at the deadline. And now look at them first. Now, and then the pitching situation has been crazy with foreign substance. And you be okay with using them, not being okay with using them. It's been a crazy year with pitchers, and I think we all see it on the waiver wire. But it's gonna. I think. I think this playoff race is a good one. And let's talk lastly about some preseason football. I know this is the reason you wanted to come on the pod. Um, Holy shit, where do we start? Last night, keepers were announced. We can go in and look at stuff 
and see who the best available players are. Where do you want to start this conversation, little Shep? I want to start with our number one change this year, or I think the biggest change. Uh, I wasn't not for it at last year's Mega League event, but looking at the keepers, looking at what's out there, changing it up, I'm actually super excited for it and having a super flex. Um, I think it's I think it's opened so much more opportunities. And honestly, like, to me, going from baseball to football is boring. I mean, I mean, you go from doing something every day to doing something once a week, just set your lineup, not really too many lineup manipulations, but now more ability. Like I said, at first, I was against it. I wanted Rodrigo Blankenship, my Georgia kicker. Like, I wanted him, but you know what? That's all right. Because uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it switches things up. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, it certainly has made quarterbacks immediately more valuable in the league. Um I I apologize for kicking kickers out and having you not be able to take Rodrigo Blankenship, who everyone knows uh-huh. is a famous, famous kicker for Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who who's he kick for now? Colts. The Colts. Yeah, everyone knew that. Um, everyone knows yeah. the big name kickers, the most exciting guys in the league. Everyone's excited for defenses. I mean, I'm sorry I took that away from you guys. Um, but I'm glad you can now see the fun in having a super flex um, and two normal flex positions. We added a flex position. So your lineup this year is going to look like quarterback, running back, running back. Wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Flex, flex, super flex. And that's your starting lineup. And tight ends somewhere around there. Oh, yeah, there's tight ends too. Yeah, that's another position we should probably get rid of, but some people don't want to. <laughs> um, no, no, that's fine. I'm, no, no, I'm fine. Cursing the ground. Well, I mean, a lot of tight ends were kept too. We'll get into that. But, yeah, I'm fine with tight ends. I think just historically not a great fantasy producing spot. So I do jump over it. I've been drinking a little bit, a little bit of whiskey here. So we do jump over things when we've been drinking a little bit. Um, I'm excited for the super flex. I don't usually draft a high quarterback. Happened to do it last year. Got Kyler Murray ended up deciding to keep him. But um, I did make some trades in the, in the off season before the super flex was announced and didn't plan on keeping him until it was confirmed. So you know, it changes up everybody's plans. Hey, I just got one big question. Is Jameis Winston a keeper now? Jameis, I mean, that's... J- Jameis, Jameis Winston was not kept, but I can tell you there were, I think, in the past, I think the most we've ever kept, and Jake will correct me on this, I guarantee you he will. So, mm-hmm. so cue that timer from the time I say this. It's like literally less than you know, 36 hours until Jake corrects me on the group chat. But um, I don't think we've ever kept more than two quarterbacks. I think ever. Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes and Rodgers are the only ones I can ever remember being kept in the same year. Um, I mean, like, I, I kept Aaron Rodgers, but 
it's fixing not to keep them people Green Bay thing. But I remember Nick keeping them maybe a few years back. I can't, I can't, and then I think that was the same year that he got hurt too. But uh, so it's but either yeah, been it's, Patrick Mahomes. It's either been one or none or maybe two in the same year. It's never been more than that. Because you only get one quarterback, they all they all score between a billion and and a quarter billion points, and so nobody's ever thought the need to keep them. Um, this year, we've kept eight quarterbacks. Yeah, almost everyone kept a quarterback. It's gonna it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be something to see how fast or when they'll go in the draft. Uh, you want to talk about yeah. that? Um, let me open up the draft room here so I can do it. I can show you guys. Well, not show you, but you know what I'm talking about. We can get a little more in-depth. Um, teams that didn't keep a quarterback, the team with the first overall pick. Cadence. Is he taking Cam Newton? Other team uh, that didn't keep a quarterback? Let's see. Scroll through here. Timbo. Timbo did not keep a quarterback. Timbo's pick is the fifth. So, basic intuition says those are two quarterback picks. Maybe. How possible? I know. So this is why I look. So, always want in football to keep an extra position, like if a running back position. I want to keep one on my bench or one in my flex so I can juggle, so I can have some manipulation on game day, especially on Sundays. For all positions? Yeah. Uh, tight end? Maybe maybe not tight end. Okay. Tight end, but running backs and wide receivers I keep. That was super flex. Or is going to be the new normal to keep a quarterback on your bench? Which we would probably laugh at, you know, last year, unless, you know, by a week or something. But... I mean, is that going to be new normal? There's only, what, 32 30, football teams? 32 football. football teams, 32 quarterbacks, maybe a backup here and there if you want to take an yeah. L on your bench or, or on your lineup. Um, you're telling me, Little Shep, you're going to have three quarterbacks on your roster because I assume everyone's going to keep a quarterback in that super flex spot. Mathematically, that makes the most sense. Uh, Yeah. I mean, to me, if I want the one I want, you know, if I want on PC, I think both quarterbacks will have a bye week, correct? I don't want to get up James Wentz, you know, and someone's going to get hurt. I'm like, hey, Carson Wentz has gotten hurt. I mean, so, and there's so many rookies this year that don't know, and, that, and that's going to be our next topic is the rookies, but. It's gonna be it's 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 gonna be interesting to see who if people would go for that third quarterback. I'm also very intrigued there because I see a league that has two running back slots, three wide receiver slots in your starting lineup. That's five positions right there. Mm. Two more flexes. That's seven positions. So if you're fielding a team, yes, you can put a tight end in your flex, right? No one's going to. 
I mean, it, it could happen. There, desperate times call for desperate situations. I mean, Zach Erson Gronk. <laughs> yeah, no if Jake. you're a two tight end guy, there were years when we were like, why the fuck does, I think it was Jake, we were like, why the fuck does Jake have Gronk Zach and Ertz Zach Ertz? Yeah, so maybe, we're yes, down. maybe we see the tight end flex actually pay off now. But mm-hmm. we're looking at seven positions in your starting lineup under my circumstances that are running backs or wide receivers. So, to me, if you're opinion, wasting a quarterback spot on a running back or a wide receiver for a bye week, you're ham you're you're hampering yourself for those weeks down the line when some wide receiver gets hurt or a running back gets hurt, and you need somebody to put in there. You can only put in wide uh, quarterback in the quarterback slot and the super flex slot. Well, I mean, well, look at. Quarterback is pitchers in baseball. Sometimes the matchup, you know what I mean? You know. Yeah, but each team has say, five pitchers. Yeah. Not each one. Team got five, but not, not every team's got great defense. You know what I mean? And, and we'll we'll find out earlier in the season, i said say probably about three, week three or four, which team has the shittiest defense and which team does. Of course – you're going to want your quarterback to be, you know, playing against that defense. I mean, there's so many more possibilities with the super flex. But what I'm saying with coming a third is when a bye week comes, I mean, who are you going to rely on on that second super flex? I mean, on your super flex position or your quarterback position. You know, are you wanting to rely on Jameis Winston? Who might get said over Taysom Hill or or the Colts situation where Jacob Eason and and to your point, are you going to draft a third quarterback for Week Nine or Week Seven? What's the earliest by Week Six? Week Six, you're going to draft a quarterback for Week Six, not knowing what defense they're playing that Week Six. Even if it is a bad defense last year, it could be a good defense this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a risk-reward play if I've ever seen one. You're going to handicap yourself for someone who's not going to see your starting lineup till at least week six, and you don't even know what the matchup looks like yet. You know, I mean, you always got to stay prepared. I would rather, I don't know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what goes on. I, I'm very excited for this year's football season. I know New Guy is hopefully listening. I hope he's a Megapod listener. Um, and I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but New Guy, we're a flex-flex. We're a three-wide receiver, flex-flex, super-flex league with no defense, no kicker. And most importantly, I think we haven't mentioned this one either, um, we are a fab transaction league in football. Oh, yeah. You have a hundred dollars each year to spend on transactions, and the highest bidder gets the player that they want. Um, don't blow your load early. We've seen it happen, and um, good luck to you. Football is the. I, I was talking to Timbo about it the other day. Football is the weird sport that we just happen to try a bunch of weird shit in every year and see what we like and see what we don't. And um, what was I going to say too? Fuck. 
Uh, this year's football season is longer, so each win is worth a little bit less now. Which I think is a good thing. But, I think so, too. Espe- you know, especially uh, for a sport you check once a week, maybe twice a week. You check it Thursday, you check it Sunday. Um, for, for a sport that you work less, I mean, as a guy that was in the championship last week, I mean, last year, you know, like, you know, a lot to do with the waiver wire you know, a because people were getting hurt. I mean, look, I mean, we all thought Nick was going to go undefeated last year. I mean, what, Ed McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, well, he kept Amari Cooper, correct? That team and looked monstrous. Probably, yeah, I mean, at the end. And then, what, he came, did he, did he make playoffs? I, I can't remember. I can't remember. But we thought he was, I mean, we thought he was destined to go undefeated. The conversation was, do you think Nick will be undefeated? Yeah. Or do you think he will ever lose? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. That was probably a little long-winded. I think we covered a lot of stuff. We covered a lot of good yeah. stuff there. For the record, I, three I, tight ends were kept this year. That's probably more than we've you, ever had to. I do get a question for you. So, with all these rookie quarterbacks coming in, who would you rather have? Trevor Lawrence... Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. I feel like this is going to give my draft prep away. No, I'm just kidding. I have Kyler Murray. No, I don't care. I don't care. Um, I would have... mm, None of them? Can I say none of them? Mm, You can. Is that that an option? I would just like... It would, it would be less content. But. I mean, yeah, it's less content, but like it's honest content. If you're making me choose between one of those guys, I, I guess Trevor Lawrence, because he's gonna be down, and they just need to throw the ball in Jacksonville garbage time, which is what they've been known for and they're good for. Um, two of them don't have immediate. I know, like whatever speculation you want to put. Two of them don't have immediate starting jobs yet, right? Um, Mac Jones is behind Cam Newton, even in COVID right protocol. Now. Cam Newton right now, yeah. I'm not. I, I've I've never been a guy to draft someone and see. I want to mm-hmm. know the first two weeks what I've got and if I can cut it or keep it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna draft a Mac Jones and hold on to him and be like, oh, dude, week fucking nine. After the so, bi- after their bye week, they're going to have two weeks to work with Mac Jones, and then he's in, right? Cam's going to go down. What if Cam goes off? What if Cam becomes Super Cam, right? You could just as easily say that. And uh, who's the other one? Um, Trey Lance, San Francisco? Mm-hmm. I mean, probably will be a starting quarterback by the end of the year. Do we know when it's going to happen? No. He's kind of he's kind of like in that Baker Mayfield situation when Baker first came to the league, and you had uh, you had uh, Nick's probably cussing out now. Um, he probably he's probably next to his little baby, so he can't I, be out here cursing freaking, and yelling. Freaking, freaking Tyrod Taylor, in Ty, you know what I mean where Tyrod Taylor started, but Baker ended up taking over, but. So to me, in my because this also goes in the super flex conversation is 
Trevor Lawrence, I see being a having a great career in the NFL, but also seem like a Peyton Manning, where he's going to throw a lot of interceptions. Zach Wilson, I think, very underrated. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people here. I don't know that who would have been originally my pick out of these five. It would be Zach Wilson, but. I'm leaning more towards Nick Jones. No, you know, because I don't think Cam – I think – well, and also I just watched a uh, Bill Belichick and uh, Nick Saban documentary like a week ago. So, kind of on that train, train, train at the moment. But I think Matt Jones is going to surprise a lot of people this year, and Cam Newton is going to Cam Newton himself out of the strong quarterback. Here's why my original answer was, can I say none of them? Okay. Mm. Dak Prescott. Here's the here's the quarterbacks that are above the first rookie quarterback, right? According to fan tracks in points, total points. Dak Prescott, Jalen Hearns, Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, Tua, Fitzpatrick, Baker, Stafford, Ryan, Darnold, Derek Carr. Hold on, I'm going to the second page. And then you finally have Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Oh, but with Superflex, you might have to pick one of these guys up. You certainly may have to. Or people more likely will may draft one of these quarterbacks. But where we're looking in, you know, for they have two bye weeks. I mean, these are probably on top of the wire list or or on a bottom of roster. And it's matchup dependent. You're certainly right. Um, last couple things to talk about here. Any noticeable keepers not kept or kept that you were intrigued by? Um, let's see. Let's look at the top of the list. I think one that's, that comes to mind for me is Deshaun Watson for Timbo. I think somebody he planned on keeping coming into this year and uh, clearly was not able to um, keep. Um, Another one that comes to mind for me is Joe Mixon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Shot Ben a text, curiously, about uh, New Guy and his keepers. I was just like, hey, man. Just want to know, is is this the guys you would keep? And uh, his answer was, What's, uh, probably. I mean, what, some combination well, look, of it. Looking at the new guys, keepers. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would keep Waller over Hilaire. Yeah, Justin, Justin Herbert was definitely the interesting pick for me, but in a super flex league, um, Benji himself was like, I don't trust new guys to a fault almost, or young guys to a fault. That's why he traded, you know, uh, yeah, Trey Young and some other some other young keepers. Um, he said, you know, pretty much he would have put things on the waiver wire, or not the waiver wire, the trade block, and seen where things landed. He wouldn't have been disappointed if that's what he landed on himself. So kind of, you know, not trying to tell new guy he's wrong. I'm just trying to see what the old owner would have done just to be a little curious because Ben's still around. He's but, a good guy. Yeah, but with Superflex, you know, that opened up another possibility, you know what I'm saying, for our draft to be more interesting. Yeah. 
this first round is going to be way more interesting than the previous ones. Yeah, you know, it certainly uh, would be. I mean, to me, I mean, you got a lot more high quality players back in the draft now. Um, but I mean, that's same way with Beatman. Me and Beatman Thursday night we were talking, and uh, I was like, "Hey, man, you know, just stuff that." I was like, "Who, who are you keeping?" He said, "He said I'm juggling between Dobbins and Joe Mixon and David Montgomery." He said, you know, and I said, "Well, you know, I mean, you better." Trade one if you want, you know what I mean? And then shut that text up. But, I mean, that's one that's no – one, no one hit him up. So it's kind of like one of those things is maybe this is a new normal, is actually having good quality players on top in the first round. I was surprised at the Dobbins pick, um, but I totally understand not trusting Joe Mixon um, anymore, you know, especially for Beekman as, um, you know – Mike brought in Mixon to that lineup, and Mixon didn't perform, got hurt. Um, I totally understand picking your guys or guys that you trust um, as opposed to guys that haven't shown it to you in the past. And higher ceiling with Dobbins. Um, your next question, Little Chef on the Dock, is who's the team to beat? All right, so let me give this to you. I took everybody's keepers. I did some averages. I just want to give you guys some fun averages to look at. As always with keepers, we look at the youngest team. The youngest team is currently Cadence, uh, the youngest keeper core in the league. Average age, 24. Oh, boy, young. Uh, Beekman, 24 and a quarter. T-Shep, 25. Spee, 25 and three quarters. Kamish, 26. Little Shep. that not average out? Uh, 25-ish, I guess. Yeah, 26-ish. Uh, new Guy, 26. Nick, 27. Tembo, 27 and a quarter. And Jeb, the oldest keeper team in our league, at 29 and three quarters. Yeah. Let's see. Tembo didn't keep a quarterback, right? Tembo did not keep a quarterback. See, that number sticks out to me. Like Jeb. Jeb kept Tom Brady. Tom Brady's 44 years Age, uh, uh, so, so that's he's like the outlier. You know, what I mean, I kept Aaron Rodgers. He's uh, he's thirty something years old now, mid mid thirties, whatever. That's an outlier. Himbo didn't keep a quarterback, and his numbers are high or his second highs. Um, you know, what I mean, but that, that is true. Quarterbacks will skew it. Uh, Cade's team, the youngest, his oldest player, Calvin Ridley, at twenty six. That's nice. Nice to have for a good keeper core. Um, I think that's more, I don't know, if for keeper, I think it's more for the longevity, not the quality yet. I mean, if that makes sense. I mean, to me, I think when you look at keeper core's youth is, are they going to break out? For me, he's like A.J. Brown. Is he going to have that ultimate breakout season like he's destined to have, or is he going to get hurt? Like he normally does. But I'm in the A.J. Brown trap where I love him. So uh, Timbo hard. was one of the few teams to keep a tight end, and it's Travis Kelsey at 31 years old. So if you're wondering how he got there. Um, not an indication of how your team will do, just something I find interesting. Um, now, this next group is the lowest ADP um, average draft position for all of your keepers, according to Fantrax. 
Um, I have the lowest ADT, ADP keepers at 18 and a half. So the 18th and a, and a half pick. Cade is at 19, pick 19. Beekman is at pick 20. T-Shep at pick 25. Nick at pick 25. Little Shep, I don't know why your numbers didn't come out right every time. You're at 22. Jeb, 27. Mm-hmm. New Guy, 35. Kamish, 42. And Timbo, 43. Timbo's ADP um, has really been destroyed by, I believe, Mostert and Judy. Obviously, Hill and Kelsey are high up there. Um, Kamish's, I think, Mike Davis is really blowing up his uh, ADP. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I look at the quality. I think, you know, for, pre, for pre-football, pre-draft quality, you know, over, if really I just keep record. Like I said, draft would be a lot different. Players get injured, players get hurt, whatever, but Look at the ADPs. Is I look, you know, that tells you more about quality and what experts think. And you know, and it's really shocked me that Timbo's down on that list. With, but like Jerry Judy and uh, who's Timbo's other keeper? It was Judy and uh, Mostert. Mostert. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, for me, everybody's kind of staying around the same, you know. And also, I wonder if the ADP reflects, um, super flex leagues too. It does not, it's just you all know? drafts, all drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could have, you know, a big influence on it. And lastly, the average between the keepers of most projected points. This is adding all of your fan tracks projection for points and then dividing it by four to find the average for each player. Um, the top of the list looks like this. Spee, 261. Beekman, 257. Jeb, 254. Nick, 248. Jake, 235. T-Shep, 233 new guy 223 little shep 235 again little shep i don't know why your number is always kind of funny cade 184 and in the last spot is timbo at 168 yeah of course looking at it cade and timbo at the bottom they didn't keep quarterbacks so that that's gonna hurt their projections out um but i mean if you would have thrown a quarterback in there, it would have been right in. Uh, what, tell, what this tells me is I think a lot of guys keepers cores or it's not like last last year when Nick keeper core, we just all knew, we just all knew Nick's keeper core was the best. And I think this year it's gonna it's gonna open up the races. For everybody, and it's gonna be. Ex- I think this this year in May League is gonna be exciting because I think football is just a wild card this year. I mean, we don't know if you could draft a rookie quarterback and that could set you apart, or running backs get hurt or whatever. 
I think this will be interesting this year. I totally agree with you. Just wanted to throw out the numbers there to look at it and, and keep it interesting. Um, anything else you want to talk about on the football front while we're still here? Uh, no, he he thinks get the best score. I don't know. I don't know if there is an outright. I think there's an argument to be made for most people, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I If you look at you know, seven out of the ten teams in the league, I'd be like, yeah, I'm happy with those keepers if those were mine. Yeah, I'm yeah, okay with that. I, I feel like I feel like they're all too close. Honestly, I feel like and like I was, you know, like like I'm like I want to say again, I think this is gonna be a tight race this year for football. It's gonna come down to waiver wire and staying focused and keeping up with your teams and you know. I think it's going to be real close. I I, I don't think it's going to be like baseball where you got Jake locked in at the playoffs four weeks ahead. Yeah. And then you get the bottom. That's you're basically out. I think I hope not. will be yeah, yeah, hope yeah, I mean cuz that's just boring. But I think it's going to be tied all the way to the playoffs. Um let's jump into some team name challenge. The last team name challenge of this season. The voicemail we have this week. Uh, the craziest thing that Jeb's seen. And the more you know before we get out of here. Hello. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome to Whose Line Is It Anyway? The show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. That's right. The points are something you'll never see like me in the box. This of week's team name challenge was worth 1,000 points. And the winner was going to win it all. And we are restarting after this week. Here's the standings. Here's how things broke down. The theme was bar games. Honorable mention to Speetastic as always. Starling Cornhole Player. Spee Means Business. You got Starling Marte. You got John Means. Two good ones. I like that. In the, I'm going to work my way from the bottom to the top here. So if I name your team name early, there's no shot you're winning. In the no effort category, Beekman with Beekman. <laughs> Nailed it. 69 points. <laughs> Nailed it, 69. Um, in the no effort category, Nick, Mr. Mayor. What are you going to do? Is it, is, it dead? is it Daddy Mayor now? Daddy Mayor, Mr. Mayor, Sir Mayor, Papa Mayor. Papa Mayor. I like Papa Mayor better. Um, That's what I'm in the next tier, I'm going to call this tier sex. It's not a game. It's Little <laughs> Shep, Drunk Tanner, Take Home, and Tucker a three. Although I did like your photo of Cade there, so I'm going to give you plus... Let's see. Plus 6.9. Yeah, Nice. Um, yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. The the K, the drunk K really sells it. Yeah, so that puts you at negative twelve point one finishing the year. Congratulations. Um, and also in the sex not a game tier, we have Jeb, take her home and widen her cornhole. All right. I love that one. Not a not that a bar game. Not a bar game. Yeah. To find it. But that'll be my number one. That's, that's why I score these and you don't, little Shep. 
in, in, Jeb got two thumbs up from Little Ship. In games that aren't bar games, we have Jake. Trivia, would Jake have the wits to win? I do admire all of his team players' name or his players' names in there. So I'll give him uh, plus 6.66. Also in the games but not bar games category, we have Cade with Giolito at Hawking Ping Pong Balls. Whatever, ma'am. Not a bar game, but you do get to judge from now on. So congratulations on having that on your conscience. Uh, and also in this category is T-Shep airball every shot during scoop to win. It's like a Dave and Buster's game, maybe at best. We're talking like average bar games here. So that, so that brings us to two players, two teams. Timbo versus New Guy for a thousand points and the team name championship of the 2020-2021 year. New Guy hustling pool and flexing on your lose you losers versus Timbo going for a colon one on Golden T. The difference between these guys, Timbo edited his photo. New guy did not edit his photo. <laughs> Therefore, yeah, because, hate because of the team name and the photo edit, I'm giving the thousand points and the championship to Timbo. Is my team name not good enough for you, Daddy? I'm trying so hard for you, Daddy. Why can't my team name be good enough? Ah! Rookie mistake. He played... Congratulations, Timbo. Final final standings for this year is Timbo, 1,247. T-Shep, 266. Benji, 237. Jeb, 188. Jake, 93.66. New Guy, 13. Little Shep, negative 12.1. Mike, negative 22. Beekman, negative 69. Cade, negative 219. And in last place, Slick Daddy Nick with negative 292. What a year we've had, boys. What a score. It's like almost 1,500 points separate first from last place. Little Shep, I am now competing. Cade is now scoring. You are the guest host this this, uh, episode, so you get to come up with this week's challenge. I want to do baseball movies because we had a long topic on Timbo not mentioning that his stepdad was in Bull Durham. And I can't believe some people never watched Fiddle, Fiddle Dreams. It blew my mind. I mean, just so, baseball. just so we clarify, we are doing baseball movies name, baseball movies for your team name. It doesn't have to be the name of the movie. It can be a reference from the movie. But we're doing that with your baseball team because it's not football season yet. Yeah. Okay. Baseball movies in baseball. We Everyone's starting from a clean slate. Kate is now scoring, so I don't know what to tell you guys about how it's going to be scored. So good luck to all of us for that. What's up, Mega League? I'm Jeb. And this is the craziest thing I saw this week. This segment is brought to you by Appalachian Bassin, Spee's Honey, and Cade Shine, all of which are homegrown in the mountains of Western North Carolina 
and are sure to wet your whistle each in their own way. Now if that don't get you fired up, you woods wet. This week, the state of New Jersey has declared there will be no black bear hunting season this year. This law was a campaign promise made by Governor Phil Murphy. The management plan going forward to keep the bear population under control has been postponed so long that it is too late in the year to pass it, leaving the state with the highest density of black bears in the country without permission to protect themselves. You heard that right. In 2015, a group of Rutgers University hikers were attacked by an eastern black bear. One of the hikers was attacked and killed. When the body was discovered, the bear was consuming his flesh. Black bears aren't known for attacking humans, especially singling someone out of a group. With less bears being killed this year and an uh, inevitable food source decrease, will we see other similar attacks in the future? What do you guys think? Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Um, Thanks for calling back in, Jeb, for the craziest thing you've seen this week. Uh, I have an update now that we're talking about bears. Um, I know we were talking about my coworker and that bear that was like trying to get in his truck and trying to get in his house. Uh, it was a long time ago we talked about this, but his neighbor shot that bear across the street in another neighbor's yard. So, needless to say, that man is facing about $2,000 worth of fines from uh, criminal charges but will not and uh, community service, but will not see any jail time. But the cops were immediately called to that, and wildlife was immediately called. So that's an update on that bear. That bear's now dead and not trying to get in anyone's houses anymore. <laughs> what do you th- peace, Yogi. What do you think, little Shep? You think the people in New Jersey should be able to defend themselves against these black bears so they don't become flesh eating fucking horrors? Yeah. I mean, uh, um, how do I know you were going to say that? I mean, uh, well, I mean, just because like where I work, it's like in the forest service, bears all the time. Like they get in. I mean, granted, like if a bear's coming at you, you should defend yourself. Now, if a bear just do its own thing and it's not hunting season, it's not. You know, I mean, you know that's that's you know, I mean that's not right. You know, hunting season a little different. You know, uh, you know, hunters, they got rules, they got regulations they got to follow, you know, but I don't know. Uh, to be honest with you, I, we've probably got like 15 bears on Back Creek site where, where I work. They don't really bother. I mean, they get in the trash. They destroy the compactor. But I mean, our biggest problem is hogs. But I don't know. I believe... Uh, shooting an innocent bear ain't cool, but defending yourself, you know, you you have every right to do so. But are hikers going to be able to defend themselves against a thousand pound black bear? I mean, a handgun's not really you know, going to be got, able to do it. Oh, no. Uh, they got spray that they, because uh, our janitor has to have it. Um, they have spray that they can use. I mean, so they're. For hikers, if you're hiking, you probably need to be prepared. So go get some bear spray. You like buy that. on Amazon. Yeah, I like that. Always come prepared. Yeah, be like a Boy Scout. 
Um, thank you for calling in. That was the only voicemail we got this week from Jeb, the man himself. Um, if you want to call in the voicemail, we're still waiting on our first new guy phone call or our first new guy impression phone call. That number is 828-365-8822. Again, that number is 828-365-DAMN-GIRL-FINE-8822. The more you know. The more you know, this player leagues leads the major leagues in quality starts. Little Shep, you said Zach Grinky. Good guess. It's actually Walker mm. Bueller. Twenty-two quality starts. The next person in line currently has eighteen quality starts. So Walker Bueller with four more quality starts than everybody else in the league. Um, impressed, or should have thought about him. I'm impressed. Uh, I mean, he kind of slid. I mean, Walker Bueller's good, but wasn't really, really thinking NL. To be honest with you, I think I was thinking more of AL pitchers. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that kind of surprised me. Who's who's number one AL? Um, I don't know. I don't have it pulled up right now. But I can tell you, Walker Bueller has 25 games he started this year and given a quality start in 22 of them. That's pretty damn good. Talk about giving your team a chance to win. Random note, the, the leaders in shutouts are Zach Wheeler and DeShelfani and Manaya, Manaya tied at two. The more you oh, know. Oh, my gosh. Sandy Alcantara. Number two at 18. at 18, yep. Look at that. Your boy. Number two. That's my guy. Now, I, I, yep, I got bet with, bet with Nick on him. Um, but AL is Robbie Ray. With a team. Yeah, so Bueller's still leading everybody. Okay. Well, a little shout. I appreciate you jumping on, man. This has been a good podcast. I think we've ran a good little section here in the middle about some baseball playoffs and some football stuff coming up. Always nice to uh, get other folks' input and hear what they want to talk about. So I appreciate you helping out the doc and uh, coming up with those ideas for us to talk about. Anything you want to say to everybody else before I let you go? No, thank thank you for for uh, letting me on the pod, and, uh, and I appreciate you and and all the Megapod stuff you do, and for the league, and uh, everybody in Mega, and everybody in the Mega League. Hope you have a good week. Deuces from me. Until next week, this has been season five, episode eight of Speed's Megapod. Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? Listening to Speed Megapod. Deuces.